0: Greetings to you in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. This is the Sunday School Podcast for December 3rd, 2023. That means that this is the first Sunday of Advent, and the new church year has begun. And this week, our Sunday School stories continue the story of Jacob on his travels away from his angry brother Esau. Uh, the name of this story in the 120 Bible storybook is Jacob's Family. And in the textbook, it's found on page 34. In the Bible, this story covers three chapters of Genesis. Genesis chapters 29 and 30 and 31. Although much of this story is not really considered suitable for a Sunday school class, and so so it skips over large parts of these chapters to stick with the main point. So today we'll look at the story of Jacob's family, in other words, Jacob's wives and his sons, And then quickly how this points to Jesus. All right, so if you remember, when we last left Jacob, he was fleeing his brother Esau. He was fleeing in the direction of his father's family, actually his mother's family, to the household of Laban um, in, in the city of Haran. Um, this was advantageous in two ways. One, it, it, his, his trip is keeping him from, uh, from getting killed by his angry brother Esau because, remember, Jacob and his mother tricked Isaac into blessing him instead of his older brother. And he's also headed this direction because Isaac has sent him this way to find a wife from his his own household and from his from uh, from Jacob's mom's household too. The household of, of 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 Laban back east is where both of them have have come from, and so um, Isaac is hoping for a uh, a wife who's in the family, especially since Esau has married. Two Hittite women who are making his father and his mother miserable. Jacob has been traveling or fleeing, whichever you want to call it, towards Laban's household. Last time he had that dream about a staircase to heaven where the Lord reaffirmed the promise of the Messiah, and we learned how that, that staircase or ziggurat or however it appeared pointed to Christ, who, who is the bridge between heaven and earth, so that uh, we can go to heaven by his death and resurrection, and the story picks up from there. So, Genesis chapter 29, verse 1 and following says Then Jacob went on his journey and came to the land of the people of the east. As he looked, he saw a well in the field, and behold, three flocks of sheep lying beside it, for out of that well the flocks were watered. The stone on the well's mouth was large, and when all the flocks were gathered there, the shepherds would roll the stone from the mouth of the well and water the sheep. And put the stone back in its place over the mouth of the well. And Jacob said to them, My brothers, where do you come from? They said, We are from Haran. He said to them, Do you know Laban, the son of Nahor? They said, We know him. He said to them, Is it well with him? They said, It is well. And see, Rachel, his daughter, is coming with the sheep. He said, Behold, it is still high day. It is not time for the livestock to be gathered together. Water the sheep and go pasture them. But they said, We cannot until all the flocks are gathered together and the stone is rolled from the mouth of the well. Then we water the sheep. While he was still speaking with them, Rachel came with her father's sheep, for she was a shepherdess. Now, as soon as Jacob saw Rachel, the daughter of Laban, his mother's brother, and the sheep of Laban, his mother's brother, Jacob came near and rolled the stone from the well's mouth and watered the flock of Laban, his mother's brother. Then Jacob kissed Rachel and wept aloud. And Jacob told Rachel that he was her father's kinsman and that he was Rebekah's son. And she ran and told her father. All right, let's stop there and and look at a few things here. So, So Jacob heads towards Haran. He gets pretty close to the city, apparently, when he sees a well. And for whatever reason, the tradition at this well is that all the shepherds gathered together with all of their flocks at this well. And the well is covered by a large stone. And once all the shepherds and all the flocks are together, it's only then that they remove the stone to expose the well, and then they water their sheep. We don't know why they follow this custom. It might be that it takes more than one or two shepherds to move this stone normally. At any rate, Jacob sees them, And he inquires if he's close to Haran, if if they know Laban, his relative. And they say, yes, we know him. And and by the way, here comes his daughter, Rachel. And so Rachel arrives with Laban's flocks. Rachel is a shepherdess taking care of her father's sheep. And, uh, and, And Jacob rolls away the stone by himself, which tells us at least... He's a very, very strong man, and perhaps, too, he, he wants to impress the beautiful girl who just arrived with her flocks there. Um, and it is kind of an interesting juxtaposition here. If you remember, Jacob's father is Isaac, and Isaac is married to Rebekah. And Isaac is married to Rebekah because his father, Abraham, sent a servant to Laban's household... And when the servant arrived at a nearby well, Rebekah appeared and voluntarily watered all of his camels, which is a huge undertaking because camels drink a lot of water to fill up those humps, which are just gigantic reservoirs. So in the previous generation, when the servant came, it was Rebekah, the future wife, who watered the camels, And now that Jacob is at the well and Rachel arrives with her flocks, when Jacob rolls the stone away, he then waters Rachel's flocks. Rachel sends word back to to Laban, and uh, of course, Jacob is most welcome in the household as we read in verse 13 and following. As soon as Laban heard the news about Jacob, his sister's son, he ran to meet him and embraced him and kissed him and brought him to his house. Jacob told Laban all these things, and Laban said to him, Surely you are, bone of, you are my bone and my flesh. And he stayed with him a month. Then Laban said to Jacob, "'Because you are my kinsman, should you therefore serve me for nothing? "'Tell me, what shall your wages be?' "'Now, Laban had two daughters. "'The name of the older was Leah, and the name of the younger was Rachel. "'Leah's eyes were weak, but Rachel was beautiful in form and appearance. "'Jacob loved Rachel, and he said, "'I will serve you seven years for your younger daughter Rachel.' Laban said, It is better that I give her to you than that I should give her to any other man. Stay with me. So Jacob served seven years for Rachel, and they seemed to him but a few days because of the love he had for her. (laughs) One of those very romantic moments in scripture. You can almost hear the violin music start to play. Um, Jacob stays with Laban a month and helps out around the house or the fields or wherever kind of proving that he's a trustworthy family member. And then Laban says, you know, if you're going to work for me, what's what's your pay? And Jacob says, I'll work seven years if I can marry your younger daughter, Rachel, because I am smitten. Loose paraphrase of what the scriptures say. And um, Laban agrees. And so Jacob works for Rachel, works for Laban to earn Rachel's hand in marriage, for seven years, and the time flies by because he's so in love with her. Now comes the plot twist. Then Jacob said to Laban, this is verse 21 and following, "'Give me my wife, that I may go into her, for my time is completed.'" So Laban gathered together all the people of the place and made a feast. But in the evening he took his daughter Leah and brought her to Jacob, and he went into her. Laban gave his female servant Zilpah to his daughter Leah to be her servant, and in the morning, behold, it was Leah. And Jacob said to Laban, What is this you have done to me? Did I not serve with you for Rachel?' Why then have you deceived me? Laban said, It is not so done in our country to give the younger before the firstborn. Complete the week of this one, and we will give you the other also in return for serving me another seven years. Jacob did so, and completed her week. Then Laban gave him his daughter Rachel to be his wife. Laban gave his female servant Bilhah to his daughter Rachel to be her servant. So Jacob went in to Rachel also, and he loved Rachel more than Leah, and served Laban another seven years. And quite a plot twist it is, Jacob thinks that he's getting married to Rachel, and when he wakes up the following morning after the wedding... And after the consummation of the wedding, he rolls over in bed, and he's looking not at Rachel, the woman he loves, but at Leah, her sister, the one who has weak eyes. Now, we're not quite sure what weak eyes means. The Hebrew indicates either um, weak eyes as in um, unattractive eyes, perhaps perhaps, Poor vision, so she squints a lot. The, the word might also be described as tender eyes. But since this description of Leah with her weak eyes is juxtaposed to Rachel's beauty in form and appearance, the, whatever the, the description means, it means that Leah is unattractive to Jacob compared to Rachel. So Jacob is far from happy to find out he's been tricked, Although you might say that it is kind of, you know, ironic, if not poetic, justice that after he and his mother have tricked his father into getting the blessing meant for Esau, now Jacob has been tricked into marrying the wrong daughter. Jacob complains to Laban. Laban says, hey, it's tradition in our land that the firstborn daughter gets married first. Whether or not that is true... We don't actually know. But that's the reason Laban gives. And Laban strikes a deal that Jacob should finish out the week of the wedding celebration with Leah. And then after that, um, Laban will also give Rachel to Jacob as a second wife. And Jacob is to work for Laban for seven more years. Jacob agrees to this. So now he has two wives, who happen to be sisters, what could go wrong? We note also, by the way, that along with Leah and Rachel, two other women are added to Jacob's household. The servants Zilpah and Bilhah are added as servants to Leah and to Rachel, respectively. So now uh, Jacob has two wives, and each wife has a maidservant. We continue with verse 31 of chapter 29. When the Lord saw that Leah was hated, he opened her womb, but Rachel was barren. And Leah conceived and bore a son, and she called his name Reuben, for she said, Because the Lord has looked upon my affliction, for now my husband will love me. She conceived again and bore a son and said, Because the Lord has heard that I am hated, he has given me this son also. And she called his name Simeon. Again she conceived and bore a son and said, Now this time my husband will be attached to me, because I have borne him three sons. Therefore his name was called Levi. And she conceived again, and bore a son, and said, This time I will praise the Lord. Therefore she called his name Judah. Then she ceased bearing. When Rachel saw that she bore Jacob no children, she envied her sister, she said to Jacob, Give me children or I shall die. Jacob's anger was kindled against Rachel, and he said, Am I in the place of God who has withheld from you the fruit of the womb? And then she said, Here is my servant Bilhah. Go into her so that she may give birth on my behalf, that even I may have children through her. So she gave him her servant Bilhah as a wife. And Jacob went into her. And Bilhah conceived and bore Jacob a son. Then Rachel said, God has judged me and has also heard my voice and given me a son. Therefore she called his name Dan. Rachel's servant Bilhah conceived again and bore Jacob a second son. Then Rachel said, With mighty wrestlings I have wrestled with my sister and have prevailed." So she called his name Asher. This is quite the family. It continues, In the days of wheat harvest, Reuben went and found mandrakes in the field and brought them to his mother Leah. Then Rachel said to Leah, Please give me some of your son's mandrakes. But she said to her, Is it a small matter that you have taken away my husband? Would you take away my son's mandrakes also? Rachel said, Then he may lie with you tonight in exchange for your son's mandrakes. When Jacob came from the field in the evening, Leah went out to meet him and said, You must come in to me, for I have hired you with my son's mandrakes. So he lay with her that night, and God listened to Leah, and she conceived and bore Jacob a fifth son, Leah said, God has given me my wages because I gave my servant to my husband. So she called his name Issachar. And Leah conceived again, and she bore Jacob a sixth son. Then Leah said, God has endowed me with a good endowment. Now my husband will honor me because I have borne him six sons. So she called his name Zebulun. Afterward, she bore a daughter and called her name Dinah. Then God remembered Rachel, and God listened to her and opened her womb. She conceived and bore a son and said, God has taken away my reproach. And she called his name Joseph, saying, May the Lord add to me another son. So this is the story of Jacob's family. He goes to Laban's household. He wants to marry Rachel and then be on his way. Instead ends up marrying Leah and then Rachel, the sisters. Leah has kids. Rachel doesn't. Jacob loves Rachel, doesn't love Leah, but she's the mother of his sons. Rachel gets angry with Jacob gives Jacob her maidservant, has another wife, and Bilhah then has children for Jacob. Leah gets angry that this is happening and gives her maidservant to Jacob. And so now Zilpah has children with Jacob. And then there's the mandrake fight between sisters where... Leah purchases a night with Jacob from Rachel for some mandrakes, and Leah has another son, and then another son, and then a daughter. So Jacob ends up here with, what, 12 sons and a daughter recorded from four different mothers. And there's quite an age range here because Reuben is old enough to go out into the field and gather mandrakes before some of his brothers are are even born. So it really comes as no surprise that as time goes on, this is kind of an unruly household with a lot of strife between the brothers. And with 11 older brothers, when Joseph comes along, It should not come as a huge surprise that Joseph isn't the favorite among his siblings, especially since he is the favorite of their father, Jacob. So with chapters 29 and 30, at least as far into 30, we have the story of how Jacob ends up with this large family, Then in the rest of chapters 30 and 31, we have the story of how Jacob gains great prosperity. He's an excellent shepherd. He knows how to handle the flocks. And somehow with the use of of, of poplar branches and things, he, uh, he manages to build flocks bigger than Laban's. And finally, uh, there's enough strife between the households that Jacob um, seeks to return back to his his, uh, his household to to Isaac's home in in Canaan. And there's some back and forth on that. It doesn't help that Rachel steals the family idols from from Laban on the way out. but um, eventually Jacob and his... Wives and his children and all of his flocks and herds depart from Laban's household in Haran and head back to Canaan, and that's where the uh, the Bible story for this week ends. So, how does this story point to Christ? Not a lot of really strong things in here, but three quick points. First off, by following the life of Jacob and the birth of his sons, the story continues the history of the Messianic line and the Lord's promise to send the Savior. So, we've had the story now of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. And now Jacob has many sons. And one of the sons born to Leah, namely Judah, he's next in line in the family tree that leads down to Jesus. So, the the history of Jesus' family line continues. Second... Although he is not a direct ancestor of Jesus, Rachel's son, Joseph, will prove to be a type of Christ. Like Isaac, his grandfather, Jesus is a miracle child. He's born to a barren woman, as it seems, just as Isaac was born to Sarah when Sarah was in her 90s. Rachel, of course, isn't that old, but she's been barren for a long time for several sons of Leah before she has a child. And so, Joseph is a miracle child, and this foreshadows the miracle birth of Jesus to Mary, the Virgin Mary. And as we'll see in future stories, Joseph will be a type of Christ in many ways. Third, The birth of Jacob's sons also continues the theme that God uses the foolish to shame the wise. These sons will be the patriarchs of the nation of Israel. The twelve tribes will be named after these men. And they will prove to be manifest sinners who don't get along with each other, who do all sorts of ungodly things. And yet God will use them as the ancestors of Jesus. God will use them to foreshadow Jesus and our redemption. And that's a quick look at the Bible story for December third. Kind of a short podcast this week. God grants you every good gift as you continue to meditate upon this story. God grants you every blessing if you are teaching it to others. And until we speak again, the Lord order your days and your deeds in his peace. Goodbye.